Hello and welcome to Charging Stallion Presents. News we like. My name's Cam. My name's Tim. And we are here to tell you (laughs) the news of the week that interested us. Not necessarily the biggest news, but the news that we looked at and thought, oh yes, I'm so going to tell Timmy that or tell Cam that. It is important news, but it's really only important to us. Yeah. (laughs) It's close to our hearts. How's your week been, man? It's been good, bro. Um... First week back at work after taking a week off to suffer through having my wisdom teeth out. Yeah. Um, so it was a bit hectic adjusting back to normal life again. Are you still on the, like, is, is it, are you still need to take, like, pain medication for your mouth? Is it still sore? Um, it gets sore every now and then. Like, if I, if I disobey the orders from the surgeon and eat solid food, then I'm in pain for a couple of hours. And yeah. I've done that a couple of times because I'm supposed to just be on soft food. What was your choices of, 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 of uh, hard food? I went for uh, dumplings, pan-fried dumplings, which oh, you might dude, not. You should have just gone steamed. It would have been way better for you, man. Like you still would have been able to have the dumpling experience, but it would yeah, have been true. soft to eat. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> like pan-fried dumplings, were they quite crispy as well? Yeah, quite yeah. crunchy. Hey, what was your chewing style? Um, I was trying to keep it to the front, mm. but there's something about the the mouth is basically a funnel down to your <laughs> wisdom teeth holes. I've found out the hard way. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, put myself through pain through doing that. But um, I think that I, I can see this is again a little too graphic, but I can see when I shine a torch down my mouth, looking in the mirror, that mm. the holes are nearly closed. That's good. Yeah. 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 How's and your week, man? Yeah, it's been it's been good, man. We're just. We're podcasting today from uh, our good friends, uh, Dean and Claudia's house mm. uh, in Yarraville. Uh, I'm here looking after uh, two of the cats. Yeah. Only two of the three. One of the cats got put in the cattery for not being nice. That's a very tame <laughs> way of putting what you just told me before. <laughs> Tell me in the exact words, as you said before, why is the other cat not here? Two parts. Dean said she was a bitch. <laughs> And the other part was she was a bitch because she was got around and pissing on the other cat's food bowls. That's so nasty. <laughs> it's real mean, eh? Yeah. It's it's real sadistic. It's a real sadistic thing to do. Yeah. To piss on another animal's food. Because and those cats, none of them speak English. So if they walked up to have their dinner, they knew what was up. And if they started meowing, saying we don't want to eat this, our brother pissed in it. Then what are Dean? What's Dean or Claude's going to do? The owners of the cats, they're not going to understand. They're just going to say, "Oh, the cats are being fussy." Yeah, they, the cat would have to be pretty accurate with its piss mm. to not know. Because cat, have you smelled like cat piss yeah. before? It's not nice. No, it's not it's pleasant. Not. Yeah, <laughs> and Fletcher's food is food bowls up in Dean's Dean and Claudia's room. Okay, that's kind of lucky for Fletch. So yeah. Dean would have found out fast. I think so. Mm. Yeah, but um, yeah, the cat's not here. Cat's in the cattery. But the other two, the other two cats, Fletcher and Prada, mm-hmm. they're doing well. It's, it's been nice. Yeah, yeah, just you and the two cats. Just me and two cats. Uh, my my girlfriend Shell has been here a couple of the couple of the nights, but. Mm. Yeah, it's just been mainly me and the two cats. It's been nice. Is this the most time you've spent in a house on your own in quite a while or? Uh, yeah, in quite a while. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I've definitely spent longer stints mm. um, than this, but it's been, it's definitely been, been a while. Have you enjoyed it? Yeah, man. It's been nice. It's been, this is a really nice house. Yeah, it is. So I've, I've, I've quite enjoyed being here. I, I do, we were talking about this before, I do like living in Fitzroy, mm. but one of those things about living in Fitzroy and not being rich is that 
you're going to be living in a bit of a shithole, most likely. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you yeah. probably, if you want to be in the middle of town, like, mm. and you want to be in the middle of Fitzroy, it's you, you're probably not going to be living in in a five star. Mm-hmm. Five star place, you know. Yeah, <laughs> like our place. Look, I like our place. I love our backyard. Yeah, but the rest of the house, like all the tiles, are like you know the tiles in our floor in our house, and you like they'll come loose, and you just kind of kick them back into whichever hole you think they came from. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, and there's a leak in the like the ceiling needs to be like the whole roof needs to be fixed. But you know, it's nice. You know, we make make it a home. Well, it's Kate did. It's all her stuff. I'm pretty blind to things like that, like the tiles being out of place or whatever, because I think that I have just always lived in real ramshackle mm. places. Like even though I live in Turak currently, yeah, there's like holes in the walls. Yeah. There's like, there's just things I don't understand why they're like that. Like the, <laughs> there's a whole wall that's blue and then, but then there's one section that's brown, like something was ripped <laughs> off it in a hurry. I don't know what that was doing. Uh, yeah. But I, like most of the time I just don't even think about it. It's just probably you've caused just as much damage to that place already as anyone else, though. Yeah, so it's probably me going, oh, I probably did that. Ignore it. Ignore it. I don't want to get in trouble. Uh, all right. Cam, got a first story for you, mate. Yeah. Uh, the headline is Mystery Closure of Observatory and FBI Presence in Sunspot, New Mexico. Okay. So um, the conspiracy theorists are jumping on this story, Cam. So an observatory in a small New Mexico town, has, which is in the USA, um, has been forced to close amid very suspicious circumstances. The National Solar Observatory in Sunspot was closed a week ago, um, as was the town's post office, for reasons um, are reported to be security-related. Okay. Uh, now... Um, the the FBI is refusing to tell anyone what's going on, not even the local police. And uh, they go, um, the local police said um, uh, that they've been requested to stand by by the uh, FBI and have not been given any information. So a lot of people have jumped on uh, jumped online. All the conspiracy theorists of 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 what they 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 think has happened. Yep. Um, uh, a lot of people think that uh, the simplest answer is that it was either mercury contamination or um, anthrax in the mail or China spying on uh, on regular. I don't get the China spying one though. Like, and I love that they think that these are the simplest explanations. <laughs> but why would China spy on a, on an observatory in New Mexico in the middle of nowhere? Yeah, because I feel like you're just spying on another type of spy. Yeah. Like it's like, oh, there's a telescope. Let's get ours and look at it. Like <laughs> look at something other than another group of people observing. Yeah, it doesn't make it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. The only thing would be, I don't know, unless they're checking. I guess the one thing you could do is if you had like a satellite or some some, some kind of camera looking mm-hmm. at the observatory, yep. you could find out where they were looking. If you think maybe they found something. Oh, yeah. Okay. So China might be like, oh, they've dis- discovered something. Let's, yeah. let's see exactly where they're pointing their yeah. telescope. And then, oh, yeah. and then they'll work it out. Do you reckon you'd be able to work that out from a satellite if you, if you had a satellite photography looking down 
um, at, at a telescope. You, yeah. you reckon you'd be able to work out exactly where it was where it was pointing? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's like when you're dating somebody. <laughs> Did you use Google Earth to keep track of them or something like that? <laughs> and if um, if you're walking along and then you accidentally, just because you're, I guess you're an animal, you like glance over at a pretty girl that is not your girlfriend while you're walking with your girlfriend, mm-hmm. within a matter of milliseconds, your girlfriend looks at your eyes, scans the crowd, knows exactly who you looked at, and then hours later is like, did you know that girl with the blue headband or whatever? (laughs) (laughs) I think China's just being jealous. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and a lot of people said um, uh, maybe they saw something in the sky. Um, Mm. It is, is, look, it is weird, man. It is weird that that the FBI go... And block off this whole area mm-hmm. um, lead, leading up to this um, observatory. This is and intriguing. It is intriguing, man, and, and, and it doesn't. Why would they be there? Why would they? Why would they block off anyone else going up there? Mm. Doesn't it? Doesn't make any sense. They're trying to contain something. Something. What if it's? Um, what if it's down the path of like some kind of mutation? Like that. It's the beginning of people changing. I don't know. And people attacking each other. But it does look, it does make sense if they did discover something mm. in the um, if they did discover something in the sky. Because you think they're trying to contain that secret. I think so. I think if you found <laughs> if you found something, like especially like the way that we look at America, would it am I think am I like a conspiracy theorist? Is that is no, that what's happening? I was just realizing that we spend one episode, last week's episode, chatting about Joe Rogan, and the following week we've just become the Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about conspiracies. Let's turn this news into a conspiracy. <laughs> um but yeah, it's I find it I find it strange. Mm. I find it real strange. And isn't isn't New Mexico where sort of all the sort of Roswell because Roswell New Mexico as well, isn't it, where all the the UFO stuff is meant to Yeah man. Is it meant to come from? Yeah. Yep. Keep an eye on that story, Timmy. I will I will for sure. A cactus thief in Tokyo punches a security guard. A 45-year-old man named Kobayashi stole four potted cacti... Awesome name. ...of unspecified size from a home improvement store. And then when a security guard tried to stop him, he punched him in the face multiple times. Police, yeah. <laughs> Police were able to use security camera footage to identify the suspect as Kobayashi. Then they put him on a national most wanted list. However, they had a bit of trouble tracking him down still. Then, in July, investigators began to look on Instagram, found an account with a name similar to Kobayashi, and then looked through his 3,300 photos and realised that one of the photos was of the stolen cacti. (laughs) Using the details that they saw in the photo, such as the background, the text in the post, and where he had tagged in his location, they could figure out where he was, and they began to stake out the neighbourhood where they realised that he was. Kobayashi was arrested and has admitted that he he did it, that he punched the security guard, that he stole the cacti, and the police said that when they asked him why he took the plants, he said, I like plants. (laughs) (laughs) What a simple answer, but honest. That's that's like a full just 
way more relaxed version of I don't like Mondays. <laughs> you know, you know when 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 uh, the person was asked after committing a massacre and they're like, why did you do it? And they oh. said, I don't like Mondays. Real? I don't know that. Yeah. I thought you were making a Garfield no, reference. No, that's that's yeah, that's um. There's a like super famous song. People are just gonna be yelling at the, at, at at their at at their listening devices right now. But yeah, super famous song, and mm. um and yeah, that that's the story behind it. Yeah, yeah. So, but this is a way nicer version. Yeah, <laughs> because least- all this guy did was take Captain Smith. The Japanese don't muck around, eh? Because. If, if that was in our country, do you really think someone that stole four cactuses and, and, and punched a security guard would wind up on the most wanted, like the most wanted list in the country? Definitely not. Definitely not, man. There's way worse stuff happening here. They probably The cops would probably rock up and go, well, if he comes around again, like let us... Let us know. Like, yeah. just keep an eye out for him. Give us a call if you see him. They're not going out searching for him, bro. Yeah, getting you investigators know? online to search for him, staking out his neighbourhood. <laughs> it's so extreme, Yeah. Man. Maybe Japanese is just that crime-free right now that that really is the worst thing that had happened in a while. I don't know. Don't they have the Yakuza? But maybe that's what the Yakuza's organising. <laughs> I reckon they, that's one of their boys. They sent Kobayashi out. <laughs> I love that name, man. Kobayashi. Yeah, bro. It's such a cool name. Yeah. Do you reckon it would be weird to be like, do you reckon you'd have to be a Japanese guy to pull that name off? Like, do you reckon if I had a kid and like he's a white kid and I named him Kobayashi Davis? Do you oh, reckon? Bro, that name is awesome. It's like, so awesome. Before I have a think about whether it's appropriate, it's a cool name. Like yeah. that sounds like a hero, like yeah. somebody who would go a vigilante. Kobayashi Davis. Yeah, bro. Yeah. He would be in the same universe as John Wick. Mm. Do you reckon that it's inappropriate to is, – is that like – well, theft of a culture potenti- or something yeah, like potentially that. it's mm. cultural appro- appropriation. Um, I just feel like it might be. I don't know. Mm. I honestly could be don't cultural know. appreciation because I fucking think it's a real sick name, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I'm obviously not taking the piss if I'm naming my child because you're thinking it's cool. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I think it's I think it's awesome. Cultural appreciation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I can't believe I haven't heard that before. That's great. <laughs> Domino's regrets telling customers they'll get 100 years of pizza if they tattoo themselves. I'm have, interested. Have you seen this? Story? I haven't seen this. Okay. So um, Domino's in Russia um, have done a U-turn on a promotion that promised free pizzas for life to anyone who get a tattoo of their logo. Um, now I'll show you, Ken, there's like heaps of it's the classic Domino's symbol and yeah. and uh, some people have put their own little like, twist on it. They've added things to it. So there's one there where it's like a demon's hand with pointy fingernails holding the Domino's logo. And what does it say underneath it? Uh, it says prisoner. Prisoner of freebie. What did, I don't know what they mean by that. <laughs> I don't know. They, it's, it's in Russia, so I don't. Yeah, true. Um, but, yeah, there's. There's heaps, man, massive. So, cool. um, so what happened was, so Russia, the Russian Dominoes put out um, saying that anyone that gets their uh, logo tattooed, then will get 100 free pizzas every year for a hundred years. I love it. Crazy, right? So, I guess they weren't expecting anyone to do it, but have and tons of people jumped heaps on. Heaps of people, bro. So, um, so. Uh, 
So it said, it would appear that the brand were not expecting so many people to take part as they quickly had to change the promotion to the first 350 people that get the tattoos and they had to do this within days of it going live. Wow. Yeah, so people just rushed out to the tattoo parlor, man, and just went crazy on it. Um, Now, they also brought in afterwards that um, that you have to have it on a visible part of your body. So it needs to be... And it needs to be like on your arms or below your knees mm-hmm. um, or I guess like up your neck. Adam's apple. Yeah. Um, that would be extreme, eh? Uh, one dude put it on his chest and then now isn't going to get the hunt. The oh, <laughs> that is so painful. <laughs> but wouldn't you, wouldn't you just go back and go, fuck it, like I'm just going to have two Domino's tattoos and go back and get one on your leg? Yeah, oh yeah. Do you not reckon? Because maybe the day, maybe it was day five by the time they told him, and maybe three hundred and fifty people had already. <laughs> it's pretty brutal, eh? Yeah, I think they should have increased it to three hundred and fifty-one people for that guy. Yeah, just let that guy come yeah, through, away. Eh? Give him something. It's Russia, bro. We know those Russians don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, and it's called the Dominoes Forever campaign, yeah. and uh. It was originally due to go for two whole months mm. and just the the outroar of it has just gone crazy. I think generally, uh, not just Russia, but I think generally people are more okay with having low to mid-quality tattoos. Yeah. Like it, it used to be a thing where the main question was mm-hmm. why is that special to you or yeah. who did that artwork? And now people are just like, it's the equivalent of like sketching on a pad. Yeah. It's just like, oh, my mate did it with stick and poke when we were hammered. Yeah. Like, okay. But no one even asks anymore. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like people don't ask, oh, what, what is that? What's the meaning behind your tattoo? What's what's this? Mm. Just people don't do that anymore. It's just they go, oh, you got a new tat? That's cool. Yeah. Or we got drunk and we and we and we tattooed Jimmy again. It's you know? not a biggie at all compared no, to what it used to be, even like ten years ago, eh? I reckon if um, they did the campaign here or almost anywhere in the world, mm. uh, it would go crazy. It'd probably be even faster here. Yeah, I feel dude. Like. If I was, if I was like, if I if I was a homeless person, mm. or if I was like. I'd do it anyway. Yeah. But like if 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 I if I was like, you know, had was always a bit, you know, trouble having trouble with getting cash, I'd be smacking it on there straight away and just be like, I'm You'd be sorted. covered covered in brand logos. Like, yeah. <laughs> you'd be the homeless guy with like Nike, Fila, Domino's, KFC, just giving it a try just in case they run a promotion. <laughs> But all stick and poke, like no colour. Well, do you remember when they, when they, when people started doing that thing where they were walking around with um, temporary tattoos of brand labels on their like head and face and shit like that? Uh, what did they get out of it? Um, they'd get money, or they'd get um, some kind of goods from the from the company. And okay. That company has a walking billboard. Yeah, right. Like if you get like a ball person, smack like. Something on the maybe we can get like a baldy and smack a charging stallion tattoo on the back of their head. Just a temporary one, and then yeah. get them to walk around for how long? Well, as long as the as long as their energy allows. Well, I don't know how long temporary tattoos is. It like I think it's weeks, right? Uh I only know about bubblegum temporary tattoos. Yeah, right. No, you can get like uh, you know those like henna, hen, henna, henna, uh, henna, henna. Yeah, henna says like they last for. Quite a while. Yeah, I think that is a couple of weeks for him. Yeah. yeah. Dude, 
Okay, if there's anyone listening <laughs> um, and would be interested in, in getting a temporary charging stone, so on, we only really want, we want on the head. We want somewhere on the face or head. We don't really want on the arms or legs or yeah. anything. Neck maybe. Yeah, don't waste our time. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> going to be neck or <laughs> higher. <laughs> neck or over the Adam's apple would be quite cool. That would look quite tough. Yeah, we should accept Adam's apple yeah, applicants. And back of the back of the neck? Yeah, nah. Nah. It's got to, so it's got to be front the front of, of their <laughs> – from the lower neck upwards, yep. front of your face or neck. Or the back of your head. Oh, uh, yeah, the bald head. Yeah, because I quite like that. Okay, cool. Yeah, because we'll you're walking that behind it. somebody and like on the back of their head. And you think someone might like glance over at this <laughs> this person with a charging stallion temp tattoo on their throat and they'll go, hmm, might check that out. Might, <laughs> might go home and... <laughs> Find out what this charging stallion's all about. Yeah, man, I think so. It's good promotion. But if you're if you're listening to the podcast and are interested, hit us up. Let us know. And uh, what are we going to reward the person with? Set us up with your with your demands, and we'll we'll have a little bark. We'll have a little. We'll bring it to the bargaining table. Okay. And uh, and we'll work out we'll work out a way to make it happen. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So please do send us uh, send us a message on Facebook or Instagram. Xbox are finally releasing a greaseproof controller. Xbox Australia have released the greaseproof controller. It's grey and yellow, and it's impervious to lard, face drippings, and roast chicken grease. The controller is here specifically to celebrate the release of PUBG, which is a game on Xbox One. The game has gone from preview to full product release. And if you've ever played PUBG, you know, I've never played it. I'm just reading off the article. I'm going to skip that bit. What but is, the, apparently what is the game? It's like, a, you know, on Call of Duty, how you can play other people online. Mm-hmm. It's a game where you fight heaps of people to the death. So you try and be the last person alive. Yeah, right. Um, and apparently in this game. So kind of like Fortnite? Real similar. Yeah, like right. Almost exactly the same game. Yeah. Um, apparently in this game, PUBG... When you win it, your character says "winner, winner, chicken dinner." So they've gone, "Oh, yep, <laughs> let's roll with that and create a whole promotion around this grease-proof controller." There's only ten in existence, but you can win them right now if you go to the Xbox Australia Facebook page and tell them a story. I feel like that's perfect for you. Yeah, man. <laughs> I was so excited when I saw that it exists. Yeah, because yeah. you love chicken, love chicken, yeah, and you love gaming. Exactly. It's like a match made in heaven. It's the ultimate. And I was gutted when I saw that there's only 10. Like, I'll enter. I also don't have an Xbox. I've got a PlayStation 4, but I'll what, still... What do you have to... What's what's the entry requirements? What sort of story do you have to tell? It has to be, tell us your best winner, winner, chicken dinner story, which I think means we're from within the game. Or it might just mean, like, in your life, what's the best time, what's the, what's the best winner, winner, chicken dinner story? Like, does it mean that when you've won something? Yeah, I think so. I think when you win when you win something and then you say because it's definitely a saying that's been around for quite a while. Do you say it? Um, I don't say it. I don't say it either. But um, I do remember when it was quite a quite a quite a big like a trendy. Yeah, it was a trendy thing. Yeah, like if you if you uh, you do a shuckers with it. I don't know. I never. I can't remember myself really doing it much. It's too much. I reckon it's too much of a mouthful. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Yeah, I think we switched it out for yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
like as a society, <laughs> we realised which was easier. Like another another six, a successful one that got quite trendy was Cheboy. <laughs> <laughs> And I like that. I still quite, I still use that from time to time. A little chair boy. <laughs> <laughs> Who taught you it? Um, I think it was a Kiwi thing. I think mm. it, it sounds like a. Yeah. It sounds like a, but I think it would be like a chur, like a chur boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how, do you, how do you use? Do you say chur or chur? I don't. Nah, if, if I don't. A lot of my say friends it, how do. How would you pronounce it? Chur. Chur. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's any other sayings that I've had but thrown out because I've gotten over them. Have you, uh, had, have you had many sayings though? I don't know if I have. I don't know if sayings are my thing. Like I've got a new catchphrase, guys. I really like um, one of my favourites that was in our, in our uh, group for a long time was uh, don't tell your daddy how to fuck. Mm. And that's one of my favourites. And if you're looking at like how would you, what, how would you use that, it's when uh, just say Cam came to me and said, um, oh, you know, like uh, do, you, do you need help rolling that joint? And yeah. I would be like, don't tell your daddy how to fuck. So it's something that you're good at and someone tries to, someone tries to, tell you how to do something that you're already good at. I think it's a great saying. It is, man. And, I mean, you could also, like, turn into don't tell your mummy how to fuck. Like, you yeah. can turn it however you want to use it. It's got such a snap to it. Oh, it does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, one, the only one I can think of is definitely not as cool as that one. Um, when I, I ironically, a year and a half ago, started calling my girl mates honey and sweetie, like, Oh, thanks, honey. Thanks, sweetie. And then just jokingly said it for weeks on end until it was just solidified in my vocab. And you just used and it. And I was just using it like, oh, thanks, hun. To people you didn't know? Nah. Like yeah. to like my three closest girl mates. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No but dudes? The, nah. <laughs> <laughs> honey. <laughs> <laughs> Honey's one of those buds, man, that's just. I don't know. I, I just I don't think I would ever be able to pull it off. There's certain words that I use like calling someone honey. Yeah. I, I don't know. Oh, thanks, honey. Nah. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I would, I'd feel too yuck inside. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, it does something to your soul. <laughs> yeah, something to your soul. <laughs> Students. I got another pizza-related story. I just Good. realized two in one week, bro. We went from pizza story to roast chicken back to pizza. Yeah. <laughs> uh, students binged on pizzas and burgers to avoid military service in South Korea. Um, the group shared their tips, including drinking high-calorie protein shakes and acting crazy to fail, <laughs> <laughs> to fail a physical exam, officials said. Nice. Um, so 12 music students. So shout out to the, Good music, on ya. the, the music people and uh, the music people. <laughs> shout out to the musicians in, 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 in Korea, in South Korea. Um, 12 music students at a college in Seoul binged on pizza and hamburgers five times a day to deliberately yes. gain weight and avoid military service. The men accused of trying to dodge the mandatory program had all shared weight gain strategies with one another via an online chat group, according to authorities. Um, so in, uh, in, uh, in South Korea... Um, all able-bodied men in the country must serve two years in the military before they turn 28 mm. and must pass a fitness exam before enlisting. Um, one, one of them gained 30 kilos in six months. 
Good effort. Yeah, bro. I tell you what. So if I was in if I was in this this position, mm. I sure as fuck don't want to join the like the the army. Mm. And, and neither. Um, I am 28, so this really clicked in me. I was just like, oh, like this would be you, like you'd already be in prison, and uh, you're a little bit older, so you you you've prison. Well, if oh, you, you mean if I hadn't have gone? If in you the hadn't army. have gone, yeah, yeah, would you have gone? You'd rather be in the army than in prison, I if guess. If those were the options, yeah, yeah. I would have gone. To yeah, <laughs> I would have just tried to like uh, get put into a little office with a walkie-talkie on the on the war zone, out in the war zone. Would you do so if you if you knew that if you um, showed that you were insane, crazy, yeah. and you knew that you were going to have to do um, between, say, let's say three to six months mm. in an insane asylum or two years, but then you're out, but then you're out, or two years in the army, Yeah, what would you choose? The insane asylum. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, man. <gasps> what if you never got out? What if, but you reckon what, you, if, you might just... Start, I don't know to, if start I to start to like it. I don't know. Maybe if you're around that many crazy people and you're pretending to be crazy, just like how you were calling people honey and sweetie. Oh, for, yeah. It starts for, off as a joke. Yeah, man. And then next thing you're smearing the walls with your own feces. Oh, this is for you, honey. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, um, have you, I've never been in a position where the goal is to get fat. Like that would be a cool thing to, to just be like, yeah, just man. be like, you know, our goal is to just eat and as much as we want of the worst stuff for you and just just do it nonstop. Totally. I'd be so good at it. <laughs> I, you would be good at it. I'm you would be great so at good it. at eating. <laughs> yeah, you're great at you're great at really putting putting it away too. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like, like for, for a guy that's not that big, you can eat a lot yeah, of food. Yeah, I love to eat. Like, yeah. and I, I'll put everything on the line. Like my, my well being for the next two days, I can throw it under the bus in a second if there's gravy and melted cheese. <laughs> well, what did you when you when you did uh, the eat picks uh, eat picks the wheat picks eating challenge? Oh yeah. How many did you wheat picks did you eat? So a group of us all sat around. Our mate Will Potter set up in a wheat picks eating event where we all sat around a table and competed to see who could eat the most wheat picks in thirty minutes. Um, I think I ate. 42 and Nick Deneen ate like 52 or like 48 or something. He broke the world record. Yeah. (laughs) Isn't that great? He actually broke the Guinness Book of World Records for most wheat bigs eaten in the. And didn't he smash it? Yeah, bro. And he was still looking fine. Like I was shirtless, fat, (laughs) sweating, and just suffering. And then I looked to my right because I got second place, but I looked to my right at the guy who who won. And he's just a tank, like real ripped, just real big features. He looks like an athlete. He does. And he was still, he was kind of like, see how I'm sitting now, like with a bit of a lean, kind of cash. Like this is, that was his position after eating 52 or whatever. Oh, he was chill. You would have been full game face, eh? Yeah, yeah. I was. I like, It looked like I had tears in my eyes. What, do you know what the world record was? I can't, not off the top of my Did head. Did you beat it? Don't think so. Yeah, but you would have been close, right? Must have been. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, um, man. Maybe I'd love to do something food related on the on the podcast. I've, mm. I've, I've tried to break a Guinness World yeah. Records before with um, – uh, most amount of dumplings eating eaten in a minute, and I think I got like one off. You were one off, yeah. yeah. 
It yeah. was um, it was pretty close. And I think that um, I think that I'd be able to definitely be able to beat it this time because I I'd eaten a full dinner um and dessert and then you guys just have this i, I guess you guys thought the dumplings were going to be delivered way earlier and yeah these dumplings rock up and you're like here you can do the challenge and i'm just like bro <laughs> the worst time to yeah. get delivered that many dumplings but yeah you, you gave, still got really close so I imagine got, on a hungry stomach bro i reckon i'd smash it eh? mm. right um you got to get the steamed ones because they slide down your throat way easier. Yeah. And you can just, you can put them back, man. Like mm. You can really put them back. Yeah, man. Yeah. I'd love to, I'd love to have some kind of, because I, th- I think you can get, if you, you can get Guinness Book of Records to come out to you, right? I think... Is that still a thing or is that, because they, they're still releasing the books and stuff. Because you, for you to get into the, into the book, mm. you have to, um, you have to have someone from the Guinness Book of officiate. Records officiate it, yeah. Mm. So they take it pretty seriously. Yeah, man. Would it change how, like, what you think of yourself if you were in the Guinness World Records? 100%. <laughs> what would it change about you? Everything. It would change my whole life, bro. I'd become a different person. I'm Which- in the Guinness Book of Records. Don't you talk to me. <laughs> I'd take the book everywhere and if I got disallowed into a bar or something, I'd be take the book out and be like, you see this shit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the kid's fucking book of records, mate. <laughs> would, would it, do you reckon it would change you? Definitely. Like, yeah, dude. I'd have just as much arrogance, just a different way of delivering it. Like you'd just be able to, you'd be able to tell because you know me well enough, but there would just be like a snooty look about me. <laughs> Not constantly? Constantly. Yeah, nice, man. Yeah. We should look into that. <laughs> Sounds like a great life for both of us. Yeah, man, and an awful life for our friends and family. Yeah. <laughs> a boat filled with cocaine is missing near Australia. On a remote island somewhere off the coast of Papua New Guinea, there's a shipwreck full of cocaine right now. The mm. vessel was abandoned by drug smuggling pirates before it drifted out to sea and ran aground. It's on an uninhabited volcanic island and authorities suspect that more than $50 million worth of coke could still be sitting in the hull. It was a shark fisherman who first found the stash on a tiny atoll in the Solomon Sea after noticing a piece of rope that ran out from the water and onto the beach. The man followed the cord until he reached a small stick uh, stick poking out of the ground and he started digging. Buried in the sand were 11 duffel bags full of cocaine, believed to be destined for Australian shores. The fisherman took the multi-million dollar haul back to his village, 700 k's from where he found it, and then within days, a boatload of heavily tattooed Asian gangsters arrived in the village <laughs> to reclaim their drugs. What followed was a 400-kilometer sea chase between the modified trawler of these gangsters with their drugs and the Papua New Guinea Navy. With the help of Australian Air Service, Papua New Guinea police eventually intercepted the vessel, arrested the men, but not before the men abandoned their ship and booby-trapped the ship. They filled it with oil and fuel and pumped all of that throughout the engine room. When the regional chief inspector of the Papua New Guinea police spoke to um, reporters afterwards, he said, our men couldn't get into the interior. There was diesel in there and grease all over it, and it made it very, very difficult. So now that ship 
has just floated off. It's on one of these islands. They, don't, they don't know where, but inside it, there's a chance that there's $50 million oh worth of God. cocaine. That story is crazy, man. That story is nuts. That's awesome. So did so did they? Do you know if they took the cocaine off the off the Papua New Guinean fishermen? Yeah, I do. Yeah. So um, the Papua New Guinean fish, fishermen had taken a little bit aside. Yeah, yeah of course you so would. He'd, he'd obviously stashed it in a few different places, yeah. and then the gangsters came, and he was like, "Yep, here's all of it." Yeah, <laughs> and then like held on to a little bit, but then. I don't know how, whether he just felt guilty or whether he got chased up by the police, but it said that a few days after that whole ordeal that I told you about, he came forward and said, oh, there's actually this leftover and gave over like probably again, not all of it. Yeah, because that would be the move, man. Like, Because if you keep, what, if you keep one brick of of cocaine, what, that that would that be like $100,000 or something like that? Yeah. Or so, so, something, probably more, right? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of money anyway. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I'd be, I would, I would be, man. I, but mm. I'd be, I'd be making sure it was wrapped real tightly. Because I don't know if cocaine goes off or not when it's wet. But only when it's wet, is it? Like, if uh, you, like, how how long can you? What's like, the used by yeah, that? Yeah. What's the what's the? I don't know what the what the life is of of uh, of, of cocaine. But my um um, what I would be doing mm. is keeping it there for a little while and until things settle down. Yeah, for sure. Until things yeah. settle down. Like you're a fisherman, like you're you're just a fisherman in Papua New Guinea. Mm. Like you you probably don't have much money. Yeah. I would definitely be putting that putting that aside. Yeah. Like it would be nice if they just I don't know. You can't really give like you can't really just give the village money because you'd have to sell the cocaine in order to like give, to get the money. Mm. But yeah, I'd be keep I'd definitely be um be keeping it. Yeah, I think he's done it in a, in a clever way as well by by keeping obviously little stashes separate. Um, a lot of people online are saying that um, it doesn't go bad. Okay, as long as you keep it in a, a dark and dry place. So if you had it in a full Ziploc bag and put it into like it was full Ziploc taped mm. up. Maybe also in a, in another bag and vacuum sealed, and you put that into into the ground. Probably mm. last for ages. Yeah, 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 man. I, I hope that's what he's done, man. I really hope that that's that that's that what he's done. Because you know, like, fuck it. If anyone deserves to to make a bit of money, it's just a humble fisherman, right? Yeah, man. Yeah, I like that. I yeah, like that story. Did um, so did the did the gangsters get away? Nah, they got. They got caught. Yeah, right. Yeah. Were they like, did they say where they were from? Yeah. Six men from Hong Kong and one man from Montenegro. Dude, so gnarly. It sounds like a movie. Yeah. Sounds like the plot to a movie. Yeah, man. It's fantastic. How fast would this little fisherman's heart have been going when the the gangsters turned up in his village? Bro, your whole life just like his, his life's probably been... So chill. You just this yeah. humble fisherman on the islands off the coast of, of Papua New Guinea. Mm. And then next thing you stumble across all this cocaine, there's Asian gangsters all tatted up coming to your coming to your village and demanding their demanding their drugs. It's fucking nuts. It's no country for old men. Dude, it totally is. <laughs> 
but like a but like a chill island version of it. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Me too. All right, we got some uh, some send-ins this week. Mm. Um, Stallion Ryan Larrisey, welcome back to the show, Stallion welcome, Ryan. Welcome, Stallion Ryan. Um, send in this story and the headline is <laughs> mm. <laughs> Chef loses 21 stone after being motivated by friends insulting texts. <laughs> So, <laughs> a 36 stone chef. So just to put it in in a in a picture format for you, Cam, if you describe the before and after, it's pretty dramatic, right? Yeah, man. Uh, I don't know if anyone knows that reality star, reality TV star, that little boy who loves chicken. He's like South America, like Southern American. <laughs> He's like, I just love my chicken nuggets. He's like a meme. <laughs> uh, looks like a grown up version of him on the left, the before photo, and the after photo. He's like. Maybe less than half the size. Yeah, dude. Mm. It's crazy. Um, so a 36-stone uh, uh, chef um, shed over half his body weight yeah. after his friend insulted him every day for six weeks. <laughs> oh, man. Um, uh, yeah, so Williamson, his friend, bombarded Brooks with daily text messaging calling him a fat fuck and telling, <laughs> <laughs> and telling him you'll be dead by the time you're 40. Um, <laughs> um, it took the full six weeks to motivate me to do something, but I'm glad I did. So this, those six weeks were just until he started losing weight. So he was reading that and going through that feeling of feeling horrible yeah. before he even decided. I, yeah. So he got six weeks yeah. of getting... Utterly just abused and ridiculed and ridiculed by one of his closest friends, mm. and then goes, Fuck it, I'm gonna. He committed to it. After Is this that. a positive thing or a negative thing? Well, it's interesting. I remember we did a story at the live podcast a couple of weeks ago where there was a study that had come out that said, um, You can create positive results by being mean, by yeah. being nasty. It was yeah. trying to prove that there's value in being mean. Yeah. And a story like that. It kind of makes you go, oh, a good thing came out of it. But I still am not sure that that's the way to get your mate to lose weight. It seems like <laughs> someone told me that, man, was like, was like, oh, my friends my friends sending me these messages each day calling me a fat fuck, telling me I'm going to die when I'm by the time I'm 40. I'd probably tell that person, hey, probably don't be friends with them. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know? yeah. Like, but, I mean, this, this guy's changed his life. Like mm. I'm not saying the guy who was sending the messages has changed his life because he didn't go lose away. At the end of the mm. day, you got to do something for yourself when it yeah. comes to your own health. And uh, he's he, he made the choice to go out there and lose half his body weight, man. It's fucking nuts. The guy, the guy lost so much weight. And he looks healthier in the after photo. Like it's not just about the weight. If you look up this story, you can see that um, – yeah, he definitely looks happy and healthy in the after photo, not just size-wise. He does. Yeah, he definitely looks happy. I just, I don't know if I, if I can give that the thumbs up, eh? I, I'm, I'm doing yeah. a half, half like in between thumbs up and thumbs down on, on I think whether that I, that's okay. Yeah, I would like to to chat to the guy who sent the mean messages and just be like, how, who brought you up? <laughs> <laughs> how did you cut? Where did you? How did you get away with this sort of like way of doing things for this long? 
And how much of it do you think was because what would really make him determine whether he was a good person or not mm. is if he enjoyed sending the messages. If he didn't enjoy sending the messages and was like, mm. no, this is something I've decided I have to do because I care so much about my friend and yeah. this is the only thing that I can think about that what I can do to yeah. to push him to lose weight. Maybe he was like, I've tried everything else. I'm going to I'm gonna do this. But if he was doing it half out of, oh, it's fun to call someone a fat fuck, <laughs> then not okay. Yeah, no, nah, not okay. Yeah, if he got enjoyment from it. From the suffering of his larger mate yeah then he's not he's not cool yeah you know do you remember when david hasselhoff got in trouble with his daughter for drinking too much do you remember yeah dude i do remember that that was great and she filmed him (laughs) yeah eating a wendy's burger and (laughs) dribbling wasted yeah like just being an absolute (laughs) animal i think that she kind of knew that the only way to get him to slow down was to do something like that yeah and i feel like that was good intentions behind her turning the spotlight onto her dad. Yeah. But whereas even though it seems like a similar approach as the story you've just told me, I feel like this one, it just has a nastiness it does, that, I, it does, that doesn't, it doesn't sit right. Yeah. It's just, yeah. There, there's just something, something about it. Yeah. I the, might just be fat fuck. As soon as you hear fat fuck. As soon as it comes out of your mouth, fat fuck. Yeah. It, just, it makes me go, oh, shouldn't we say yeah, that? Yeah, man. Yeah. It's not nice. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks, Stallion Ryan, for that story. I think I think uh, I, we both know Stallion Ryan very well, and I think that uh, he would probably be like, well, if you're getting results, you might as well enjoy it as you're going along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would, I reckon that would be his stance on it. Yeah, man. But thanks for the story, mate. All right, so this is a send-in slash follow-up to me. So last week we discussed Joe Rogan and Elon Musk having a conversation, yep. Elon Musk smoking weed. Yep. One of the things that we didn't focus on from their interview, from their conversation, which Stallion Sean Kirkwood has uh, brought to my attention, is that Elon Musk during that conversation about AI said that he is currently working on a product to link our brains to computers. So Elon says that he's going to announce a Neuralink product that can make anyone superhuman by connecting their brains to a computer. Elon says Neuralink increases the data rate between the brain and computers and will give humans a better shot of competing with AI. Musk made the comments before he smoked weed. (laughs) I love that whoever wrote this is like, (laughs) I just want to reiterate, he hadn't smoked the weed yet. But... um, so you don't okay for the people that, that don't smoke weed, which or have never smoked weed, which is probably none of our listeners. Um, you don't get high from having half a puff of weed that you don't even inhale. If you if you put half a puff of weed smoke in your mouth just to taste what it tastes like, yeah. you're not going to be getting baked and saying ridiculous shit. Yeah, it's just not how it works. Mm. <laughs> you're gonna, I'm sure Joe Rogan has some good shit. I, I would, I would, I would almost guarantee it. But it's no weed is is that good that you have half a puff in your mouth and don't. And inhale suddenly it. you yeah. want to invent a Neuralink product. <laughs> no, but the the point of focus that Sean wanted to discuss and wanted us to have a chat about is. If Elon Musk brought out this product where you can link your brain to a computer, right? Mm-hmm. And he's and Elon, the guy that you look up to and respect mm-hmm. greatly. I see where this is going. Yes. <laughs> Continue. Elon says, AI is a worry. It's an issue. Mm-hmm. The only way we're going to battle it, Timmy, is if we connect our brains to computers. 
Are you with me or against me? So is Elon the one that's making the product? Yeah. Um, look, I um, I wouldn't do it at first. I'd let some other people guinea pig at first for sure. I think that's a smart thing to do. Mm. Um, I also might not even jump in at all because maybe that's enough people for the – maybe they'll have enough soldiers for the for the war. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> for this war against AI, if, 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 they're, if they're short on soldiers – no, if they like, really need you. You yeah. want to be on the bench. Yeah, man. Like, no, I don't want to go to any kind of war, whether mm. it be a war against AI or a war against I don't really want to go to war at all. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even if it was Elon, like. Oh, it's hard not to follow a man that great in a battle, though, isn't it? He's, he inspires me, bro. Mm. I, I, I really like him. But it's, war's just not for me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't well, want what to if go he, to... It's less war. And if Elon describes it to you mm. as more of like an insurance policy for your mind, he's like, you need to be connected to computers so that computers don't come and attack you. It's just a defense rather than uh, a battle. Mm. But will there be enough people that, that, that do it that it's enough for everyone? Or will yeah, you're ever... not the first. Like people are already linking their brains up. So there's ob- there's going to be risk, but there's, there would have been no... I don't no... think I can do it, man. I think I'm too, I think I'm too paranoid about it because mm. you'd you'd be essentially putting artificial intelligence into your brain, right? But it's like the Terminator where it's like, but this, art- this AI is on your side, yeah. not the bad AI. I don't know. Dude, it's totally turning into the Terminator movie, like the future. It's, it's free- it freaks me the fuck out. <laughs> I don't know. Would you? Yeah, man. I'll just jump straight into it. (laughs) I wouldn't even ask him any questions. I'd just answer the door, rip the VR headset out of his hand and just be like, inject me or whatever it is you're here to do. Like, would it be an operation or or was it something that you would wear? It would start as something you'd wear, I'd say, and then it would become something that you get injected into you. See, man, it's crazy because is that going to be, I I think it's going to be the next form of evolution, eh? Because isn't, isn't, like you know, you you start implanting these hmm. chips and stuff, yeah. and you then do you start do you start changing over time the the sort of your DNA and and what what your what the future children come out as and shit like that. Yeah, man. So what if you your wife who you marry is real for AI and really for? Well, I'm 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 currently seeing in a serious relationship with a gamer. Yeah, like she's she's a hard gamer. Yeah, man. What yeah. if she changes her DNA? You guys have a kid, and mm. then um, little Kobayashi Davis comes out, and he's already got a robot eye. Ugh. Got a robot eye. We'll Could to, you love him? To chuck him in the river. <laughs> Give him the Moses treatment. Not like drown him, just yeah. in a basket. Just send good him luck down out the there. <laughs> send him down the Yarra in a basket. Someone will pick him up. <laughs> I'll end up bringing him up. <laughs> um, yeah, of course I'd still love my child, even if he had a robot eye. Um, thank you very much, Stanley and Sean. Cheers for that one, mate. Uh, Cam, I've got a send in mm. from, um, the first time we've got a send in from, from this listener, it's from Stallion Half Price Hancock. Okay. Welcome to the show, Stallion Half Price Hancock. Um, now this is, this is a little different to, to what we, to what we usually get. Okay. Now, um, I'll read the, I'll read the, the send in first and then I'll go through, um, my research and stuff behind it yep. afterwards. In about 1997. A massive cheese showed up on the beach at Island Bay. It was about the size of a couch and all the local dogs were fucking loving it. 
bolting down quick smart to get a good chew on it to the point where they reckon it was quite a bit bigger um, before the Dominion Post managed to get a picture of it. It was a real head-scratcher, particularly because everyone was saying that you just can't make a cheese that big and there was a lot of stone dudes um, pointing out conspiracy theories Mm. towards the skies. I don't remember if anyone said what it tasted like, but I feel like the word feta may have come up at some point. I have no sources or references for this information, as it's all from my memory, and I've been called a dickhead at loads of parties for even mentioning this story because nobody believes me. Mm. Please validate my claims, Charging Stallions, and help me out. Regards, Half Price Hancock. So he gave us a lead. So he gave us a lead. We're getting story. we're getting treated like real journalists. It's I, crazy. I love it. <laughs> um, so I've 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 gone through. Uh, I've probably researched for about one to two hours on mm. this story, yep. and I've gotten nowhere. Okay, I've gotten absolutely nowhere. I I've I've worked out where it is in New Zealand. I've worked mm. out the location. I've I've tried to go through the lo- uh, I've tried to find if there was a if there was a uh, um, any local papers that yeah. I could that I could look up um, their archives for, mm-hmm. and I couldn't really find anywhere. Um, so I guess the, the the big parts of the of the story is um, 1997, um, but, but half uh, half price said about 1997. So it yep. could be somewhere late 90s, late 90s. You yep. think mid to late 90s? Um, it's um, the beach. Island Bay. In Wellington. Yep. Yeah. In New Zealand. And um, it was a, a cheese about the size of a couch on the beach. Um, if anyone, we, we, we'll jump into this and we'll try mm. and we'll try and find it ourselves. Um, if there's any listeners out there that, that want to be the first one to, to, to crack this mystery mm. and to help, to help half price Hancock out. Um, please do. Yeah. We, we want to work as a team here. You, 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 the, our listeners are just as much as charging stallion as we are. We want our, uh, want our, want our stallions out there seeing what they can find. If you have any info on the giant block of cheese on the beach, let us know. All right, Timmy. Brings us to the end of the show. But it's been be- a good one. Before we do that, let's uh, cleanse our listeners' palate with a little bit of a heartwarmer, a heartwarming story. A cemetery in Melbourne has opened up a community space. At Springvale, uh, at Springvale Cemetery in Melbourne's southeast, staff members noticed that many people would regularly visit the graves and memorials of loved ones and then leave feeling aimless and alone. So 18 months ago, the cemetery staff embarked on an unusual venture. They opened an on-site care centre to help visitors grieve and connect. It provides group grief counselling, information sessions on topics like wills, estate planning, cooking, technology. There's also yoga, meditation, games mornings, movie afternoons and regular walks throughout the cemetery. They said, in today's lifestyle, we don't have the ritual, the ceremonies, the traditions that we used to have. So people are a little bit lost. Isolation is prevalent, said Diane Lee, the centre's manager. They also spoke to a lady who goes along to these sessions who said, some people don't want to talk about things like this because, you know, they're a bit worried that it will end up happening to them. They shut off, they shy away. But she says that in the few months that she's been visiting the centre, she's started exercising again and understanding her own emotions better. She says, 
I've calmed down. I see a lot of changes. I exercise more and I come here. I know where I'm going. I'm not sitting at home thinking, woe is me and my self-pity has started to disappear, she says. It can be very easy to tell ourselves that ignoring pain is a type of strength, but uh, she's saying she's tackling it head on with the help of these people who have opened up a community space. And I just love that story so much. The That's just what being a good person is all about. What those staff members did by seeing a need and seeing sadness and emptiness in other people and providing a space for those people to feel like they can express those feelings is the biggest thing you can do as a person to add to the world, in my opinion. 100%, man. Seeing where, seeing where uh, there's a there's a space where you can help another person and, and using your own initiative to do it, it's a beautiful thing. Mm. Shout out to those people that... that um, that uh, um, made that happen. That's, that's uh, deserve a big pat on the back. Sweet man. Well, we have got a bunch of stuff coming up. Um, we are playing a gig at Last Chance Rock and Roll Bar, 29th of September, which is grand final night. We're playing with the Gerties. We are playing with uh, Girl Germs, and we're playing with Undercover Crops. It's going to be a massive night. It's going to be a big one, man. It's going to be. I'm really looking forward to that gig. Um, it's 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 in the evening, so go watch the footy, have heaps of fun, and then and then come down. We've also got uh, this Sunday camp. Yes, I'm so pumped. It has been a little while since we released the first season of our series Sunday Stories, but now we have got season two ready for you. So we're going to be releasing that on our website, chargingstallion.com, on our Facebook and on our Instagram. So if you're following us on one of those, you're going to st- start seeing us pushing out a bunch of those episodes. I'm so happy with how it looks. Alex, too, man. Alex Lanau was our director of photography and our editor on the project, and he's nailed it. And Scott Marinan, who's had heaps to do with pretty much everything we've made, he was a um, guy with other camera. You'll see his name in the credits. <laughs> and Ace did uh, audio for us as well. So we've been working behind the scenes on this series and I'm so happy to finally be able to put it out. So that'll be out in the next couple of days. <laughs> My name's Tim. My name's Cam. You've been listening to Charging Stallion Presents. News we like. Thank you. Have a great night. Or morning. Whenever. Yeah. <laughs> He's our buddy.